and welcome to the Voices of the Potomac podcast by the Meeting Professionals International Potomac Chapter. On our twice monthly podcast, you will hear from chapter, MPI chapter, and global leaders, as well as industry experts speaking on all things related to meetings and events. Our podcasts are released on the first and third Wednesday of each month, so set those reminders and be in the know. This week's episode is AV production post-COVID. And on the podcast today, we have Brian Monahan, Vice President of Sales and Business Development with Prestige AV. He's going to share what he's seeing out there in the world. And then those that know, but maybe don't know for sure, uh, I'm also in the same role with another AV company. I'm Troy Peters, uh, Vice President of Marketing and Business Development with Video West. So um, one of my favorite things about being a part of MPI is though some people might think that we compete and it's like, oh, those two companies are both AV companies. They can't talk to each other and all that. But here we are working on a committee together, right? That really just speaks to what MPI brings to the table and allows us to do. And I think, Brian, you understand too that there's enough business out, out there for all of us. We all work in our verticals and we get to work with each other from time to time, which on a, on a bigger project is really, really exciting. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to be on the call. Roy, thank you so much. And I think you definitely uh, hit on something that's really cool about uh, MPI and especially, I believe, the Potomac chapter in general. Um, I'm, I'm from Ohio. You're from actually uh, Seattle, right? Or yeah, no? yeah, originally, originally from Vancouver, Canada, and then down oh, in wow. Phoenix for a while, but now back in Seattle. So, yeah, so we're both members of the Potomac chapter. We're both with AV companies, and uh, clearly, um, there's plenty of room for us to be uh, collaborating. No, I, I've been a member of this chapter for quite a long time, and that's been one of the things I like most is having relationships with similar uh, industry uh, members and being able to trade ideas, uh, get the pulse of the industry, and just collaborate on how, you know, I think I'm a meeting professional at the end of the day. Uh, AV is secondary. Yeah, no, that's that's a very, very perfect way to put it, right? Like, that is, we're here as professionals. We're here, here to grow the industry and, and make everybody better at what they do and help them out. So um, I sort of structured this sort of like design bid build, which is kind of a, an AV term that we use a lot of, you know, so what are you seeing and that we'll start to go through each section, but as you're designing shows or as clients are reaching out to you, what are the specific things that you're helping them with to um, help bridge that gap, whether it's going to hybrid, whether it's continuing with virtual, what are you seeing out there um, to do that? Well, uh, you mentioned the past two years and what have I learned? <laughs> so obviously uh, we've learned a lot in the past two years. I think uh, I often say uh, we've had 10 years of innovation, 10 years of training and about 18 months. And I actually think it's a good thing for the industry. We've been able to move the chains uh, using an NFL term <laughs> or a football term and, and actually really figure out this virtual element. And um, it's actually refreshing. Uh, I've had clients for many years say, I want to take this online. I want to bring in a virtual audience. And then you would be, hey, here's your quote. Uh, let's think about it next year. <laughs> and so yeah. and I'm sure you face that as well. And, and now uh, when we didn't have an option, uh, we, we had to dig in, we had to figure it out. And so I think the technologies have improved. Uh, our acumen has improved. Uh, there's never been more education available. Uh, I've sat through hundreds of hours of hybrid and virtual topics. I'm sure you have as well. 
and, and the entire industry had opportunity to retrain themselves. So I think we as an industry are much stronger than we were before. We have our skill sets have expanded, uh, but people are still, unfortunately, not necessarily always thinking ahead. I, I still have a lot of people who got happy in June and said, let's just go back to a physical event. And I'm like, you might want to, you know, keep a little virtual app. No, we're going to meet totally in person. And, you know, we've had enough. And so I think that it's important that uh, we continue to consider the virtual and hybrid element. I don't know if your clients are, if you had that little rush of like, we can ditch the virtual or not, Troy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But I think people were so excited to just be back in person. You know, we, our job is to bring people together, right? And so not having that even a physical sort of presence of bringing people together has been a challenge for us, at, you know, as, as, as meeting professionals and, and definitely for our clients. Like, what are the maybe top one, two or three things that you're recommending to clients that are making that decision? Do we want to go virtual versus hybrid versus completely in person? Um, and, and then one model that we're kind of seeing, which is a fourth, I guess, of being in person, but recording it and streaming it at a, at a later date, whether it's the following week or, or something, but not really doing it live. My, my number one recommendation for our clients is that they always include some virtual element in their planning. So that way, if you do need to make a full pivot, you have something in place. Uh, but maybe you don't go all in, maybe you uh, plan how you want to go, which is possibly primarily in person, add a hybrid or virtual element to it that's not fully baked, but possibly, you know, 75% there. So that way, if you do have to pivot 100% virtual, you're not reinventing the wheel 100% at the four week point or six week point. Uh, I think that's what we all faced back in March of last year was, okay, well, how do I do this event now? And I have a four-week lead time. I have a eight-week lead time. Let's get our virtual events into true lead times. Let's not do them in four to six weeks. Let's do them 90 days, maybe 120. I'll take a year when, when we can get it. Yep, yep, absolutely. I think one thing too is that there's a lot of fear out there that, that they've got to choose one over the other because it's too expensive to do both. And I think uh, I'll, let, I'll share a little bit from, from my perspective, but you know, it's as simple as creating a closed Facebook group, which doesn't cost anything, or a small little web page that you could stream to and at least get the general session out there at a very minimal cost. I think that there is a great deal of scalability that isn't in the personal or in-person world. You've got, you know, a thousand people, they need to fit in a ballroom that fits a thousand people. But if you're streaming it to one or 10,000, it's kind of the same tools, you know? There's a little bit of variation there, but are you seeing that as well? Absolutely. I think um, you bring up a good point, which is, yes, um, you know, say pre-June when things started to loosen up for everybody and we were still trying to figure out how to meet effectively and in-person really wasn't a good option. Yes, we wanted to have fuller virtual uh, outcomes. We wanted to use the higher-end platforms and some particular projects will still need that. Technical industries, uh, leading, uh, leading conferences may still want to have that type of experience, but not every event necessarily warrants to have that full-scale virtual option. So I think if you can 
use some of the other tools, uh, you have to ask yourself, what's the value proposition as well? I actually have a book sitting out here as we're talking. It's one of my favorite go-tos. It's called the Event Canvas, or I'm sorry, uh, Event Design Handbook. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, we actually used it for MPI, uh, what was called Mace Conference, and we redesigned to make the Reconnects Conference. And one of my favorite parts of it is, who are your stakeholders? And what do they want to get out of the conference? And so I think, you know, taking that step back and saying, what am I trying to deliver to my virtual stakeholder, who's an attendee, a presenter, my in-person stakeholder, who could be a sponsor, exhibitor, and getting clear about what you're trying to deliver to them and then decide what you need. Because that Facebook group may meet the need. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's true what you say about stakeholders, even on our side, you know, as we transitioned into virtual, where we were producing these virtual events, there's definitely some people on our team, and I'll honestly admit this, that just, you know, they're, they're, they live in the real world of people getting together, or maybe they work in the entertainment division of our company, and there's nobody holding concerts for that first year, at least, right? First six months, for sure. So how do you, as an internal stakeholder in our company, help guide that person? And so we've seen actually some of our bid processes change um, now as we as we go into into that where, you know, you've always had the account exec that, that he's there for you or she is there for you, but we're going to also attach, you know, a, a stakeholder that is just going to make sure the virtual comes together perfectly, right? So it's not really that the account person's been replaced. But how do we help? Because it is a dual, dual event, right? Almost at that point. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we're in unique times. Um, you know, somebody might watch this in five years from now. But in the moment, we have labor shortages. Uh, the the uh, social uh, focus has changed. And so I think uh, stakeholders, typically your employee and your team may not always been listed as part of the stakeholder group in an event. And now uh, there's been some democratization of, of an event. Like, you know, not only is the event producer a stakeholder, but yes, uh, the AV company is a producer, the virtual platform, the hosting organization, the sponsors, the presenters. And so I see way more focus on every stakeholder and event. And I actually think that's been a great change. The benefit of being in person is we can manage, you and I have been used to managing the stage. We own that stage. We know what's going to happen. But as soon as you bring in a virtual guest, now that stakeholder is coming in from their home. I don't have a lot of control of that, or they're coming in from their office. So we've had to stretch our mindset to say, how do I take care of that virtual stakeholder and make sure that they have what they need? I can't just force this through. It's not just my stage anymore. It's everybody's stage. And so that's been fun and uh, not so fun some days as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So as we transition, you know, we've talked a little bit about the design, a little bit about the bid. And we're, some of this is perfect sort of transition now into the build process. What are you seeing as you sort of, I'll, I'll give an example to sort of kick this off. You know, we, we go into big detail working with fire marshals and um, but one thing that we've just been asked to do, which has been interesting, is we're now creating those CADs and creating 3D flyovers that our clients are now marketing. They're using that to help people envision what it's like to walk into the ballroom and see that it's not 
shoulder to shoulder to shoulder, or using the streaming option, allowing people to sit in their room, in their hotel room, and be able to watch the general session. Here's how we can help the attendee feel comfortable. So is there anything that you're seeing on your side that that's similar in that sort of bringing it all to fruition? Actually, I think you've hit on some great points, Troy, and that I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that's how you're approaching it for your clients. I think that's super cool. Uh, I think it's important that we make uh, that attendee stakeholder feel safe, that uh, we as an industry, and um, I actually sometimes think this is, uh, some days I get frustrated because we as an industry have been talking the talk for a long time and now we have to walk the talk. And I think it's great. We've actually lived up to it. I think our industry, uh, we're, we were ready for this. We have been growing. We've been focused on diversity. We've been focused on safety. Uh, we've been focused on great content. And so uh, I think we are primed for this moment. And so I think it is important to make sure that the uh, the attendee or the stakeholders are saying, is this a safe event to go to? And they're questioning it before they go because they shouldn't just be showing up and saying, uh, this has definitely been taken care of because it might be a life or death situation for somebody. And so I, 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 I applaud your company for taking that approach. On that similar topic, the thing I'm noticing though, it's not necessarily how we're marketing things, but that, that whole concept of an expanded environment. You and I were talking earlier on another another phone call about, although your attendance may be down, uh, your, your, your square footage is still about the same. You know, you're putting 300 people in an 800 person ballroom. Uh, another thing I'm seeing is that overflow, as you mentioned, is going outdoors. So a lot of people are using tents. Uh, I was telling you about a project we did in uh, airplane hangar that uh, really actually was a very good learning experience for me is that uh, this particular airplane hangar, because it's not certified for occupancy, although it was covered, you're actually approaching it just like an outdoor event. And we had to bring all the same certifications we would for putting it outdoors. And so I think that's something to educate your clients about is as you pivot, they thought, wow, we're going to go to this airplane hangar and it's going to be great. It's going to be like being outdoors. And to understand that when you move into an external environment, some unique spaces, you may need different permits, you need structural engineering and a variety of, uh, maybe we need to bring in generators instead of using house power. And so some of those costs don't always get equated right off the bat. And so it's educating your clients really early in the process before they select some of those things. Say, hey, are you aware that you may incur some additional costs, some additional logistics? Uh, but it's been fun too. I mean, we've been doing events in very unique venues, uh, very unique environments. Uh, you can't find a tent for a million miles. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you've had that, that problem. Um, okay. On the last little piece here, I'll just sort of, let's, let's think about, you know, put our looking backwards hat before the pandemic, before anything. A few years ago, um, I was in, doing a show in Brussels in Belgium and the Iceland volcano erupted mid-show and so it was a four-day show and so nobody could go home airspace was shut down and i always thought okay that's got to be about the worst it'll ever get nobody had anywhere to go people were sleeping in like the local gymnasium hotels where you know couldn't get people in or out of them but um and lo and behold 10 years later here we are with the pandemic so it did allow me i think that that sort of thing i'm trying to get to that was the first chance to see that technology 
could step in and, and help people feel like we're going to get through this. You know, it was just being able to watch TV, watch the news in, in every possible space of the convention center. But um, that was really just a way to communicate with the, with the attendees and let them feel, all right, you know, they're looking out for us. We can continue to have our meeting, but uh, I can jump out here and see what's going on. Is there anything that you've you've experienced back that pales in comparison to the pandemic now? I, I think of it, it may not be on quite that level, and it was probably not necessarily a natural disaster or anything, but I do remember I had a particular client. I, I worked with a producer, and he had a pharma client, and they decided to do a product launch and gave me a, a two-week lead time. Okay, and this, you know, product launches for, for something like that would are pretty, pretty, pretty substantial. So I remember having to load up my trucks before we even had a, an event plan, you know, basically, yeah. you know, I, I filled two semis on their way to, on their way to Las Vegas, no fire marshal diagram, no nothing. And said, you know, let's see. And uh, my favorite thing uh, that I took away from that was uh, the producer goes, Brian, I actually did you a favor. I said, you know, otherwise we would have done at least a thousand hours of planning calls. He goes, think of the time you saved doing this in just two weeks. You had no option, but just one direction. I go, you know what? You're right. <laughs> so, <it's kinda laughs> I like, love that because now we live in planning calls, right? We're just constantly on these planning calls. So, oh, that's a great story. Yeah, so every event, I mean, I guess it prepared me for the pandemic because I feel like for the past 18 months, every event is planned in about two weeks. <laughs> so. True, yeah. yeah, yeah, very well put. Uh, that's absolutely hitting the nail on that. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being on the on our on our humble little podcast here that we've been putting together over the last few months. It's uh, it's been we're really grateful for your service to our local chapter and. Uh, Look forward to seeing more about what you guys do at Prestige. Um, and uh, yeah, stay safe out there. Thanks, Troy. It's a pleasure as well. Awesome. Well, everybody listening, remember our podcasts are released on the first and third Wednesday of each month. So again, set those reminders and be in the know. Thanks, everyone.